So mixing vodka in Pedialyte. Uh, I never actually tried Pedialyte, but assuming it just tastes like Gatorade for kids, that sounds like it'd be pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they recently my coworker and I were just talking about this the other day. They recently kind of have been pivoting their marketing and kind of recognizing the fact that uh, the majority of people who are buying it are buying it for themselves to cure hangovers. Yeah, I mean, I still have cable, so I actually get uh, uh, commercials for Pedialyte geared towards adults. Like, the one, it's like a, uh, a grown man is, like, sitting on the, the kitchen floor, leaning against the fridge, drinking a Pedialyte, looking like shit. And then, <laughs> and then a kid walks in and says, that's mine. Guy just fucking barks at him. <laughs> I needed more than you. <laughs> the strong shall devour the weak's reward, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if you go into a CVS in uh, Las Vegas, they sell the uh, the Pedialyte uh, right next to the bombers in the cooler up, up by the cash register, so they yeah. know. Oh yeah. Well, on the Vegas, so in Vegas, you're allowed to. Uh, they uh, they have uh, shall we say open carry laws. <laughs> so yeah, they, they yeah, let you drink to... on the street. Yeah. Uh, so there's a Walgreens or a CVS on every block on the Strip. So uh, right next to the row of like 20 cashiers, uh, they have just this long, low, low open top cooler that's all just 24 ounce bombers. Uh, and like four loco and Bud Light and all that shit, and then Pedialyte is the other half. Yeah, <laughs> it was just yeah. It's it's a one stop shop. You don't even have to fucking stop moving. You're just like you know, got to keep those eyes open. <laughs> you can yeah. pop a Pedialyte, just chug it on the sidewalk, and then immediately pop your next top. While you walk to the all night dispensary. Yeah. Or to uh, get a ninety-nine cent shrimp cocktail, or fuck it, do both. Get a yeah. shrimp. See if they start. See, see if they start serving uh, shrimp cocktails at the dispensary. And I miss Las Vegas. It's a great city. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't even know what, how I would describe Vegas. It's. It's life on crank to the max. Truly it's oversaturated. Just the colors are too sharp. Everything's too bright and just it feels like you're kind of having a little bit of a seizure all the time and if the Pedialyte doesn't ha cure your hangover for uh, was it $6 you can get the horseshoe special just an entire ham steak covered in hash browns and I think bacon yeah that'll do no, it no it's covered in hash browns and eggs where was that from again? oh uh, one of the casinos in uh, Fremont mmm <laughs> the tasty side of Vegas but yeah, it's the only place you can still get the 99 cent shrimp cocktail. Yeah. I honestly kind of liked Fremont Street, maybe even a little bit more than the strip. Oh, I think for sure I did. Yeah. Everything is just... It's that it's old the, Vegas. Yeah, everything is like a little bit grimier, a little bit dingier, a little bit shittier. But, you know, it's good times. Yeah. Bottomless lobsters and mimosas for all. Yeah, that buffet did have bottomless mimosas. Yep. That's probably why they put a two-hour time limit. <laughs> yeah, I'd and, never seen And we used it! Yeah, I'd never seen a time limit at a buffet before, but yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> because they knew. Oh, yeah. I, I would abuse it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that they've had somebody, like, just fucking 
going up uh, and just grabbing an arm full of mimosas and doing like Homer Simpson and just grabbing a fucking steam tray and bringing it back sir, to the table. Sir, please do not take the steam tray. <laughs> it, or the it, mimosa it, cooler in this case. Yeah, that has 100% happened. This Panasonic needs to fucking end. I need to get back there. saying is they started the 5g rollout and then COVID happened coincidence maybe possibly probably so welcome to another iteration of splatter punks my name is ness and david and tonight we are talking the king of kings this cadillac of kaiju the one and only gojira versus kong versus kong <laughs> you know the one with king in his name yeah <laughs> well cadillac of gorillas just doesn't uh just doesn't ring the same all right uh i don't know cadillac of gorillas sounds pretty fucking awesome <laughs> you but don't yeah. want to get this one this one is the cadillac of gorillas <laughs> well i mean fair enough but um yeah, so we're talking about our most anticipated picture of the year, Godzilla vs. Kong. And uh, you just got caught up watching it uh, last week, I think. So uh, why don't you give me um, some uh, some first impressions before we get into the uh, uh, the discussion proper. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it had very similar vibes to uh, King of the Monsters for me. Um, you know, just big monster smashing shit uh again uh lots of uh human drama with all like the monarch and those characters again don't give a single shit about any of it it's really just it's absolutely just window dressing uh more like a framing device yeah it's framing device yeah for your window <laughs> like like some kind of window frame yeah <laughs> But, uh, you know, I understand why it has to be there to, you know, give the film a shape. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously... Because, because just having a dialogue-less film of just monsters, like, grunting and fighting would be a little too avant-garde for the uh, average theater-going public. <laughs> uh, but Kind of like how that Disney movie Dinosaur was originally going to have no dialogue, and, you know, Eisner strangled that bit, that idea in his crib. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, mm, audiences are a little, uh, their bourgeois affectations won't allow us to uh, merely make a film uh, of just 40 minutes of monsters beating the shit out of each other. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it Rather than just having a like two-hour movie with 40 minutes of big dick monster fighting, uh, just have a two-hour movie of big dick monster fighting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> overall, though... Uh... I definitely, you know, I definitely enjoyed it. I don't think I loved it as much as King of the Monsters. I uh, tend to feel the same way, and it seems to be a lot of the consensus I've heard, which, um, you know, uh, whatever could live up to the benchmark set by King of the Monsters. Yeah, that would be a hard bar to clear, so... I think that they might have just shot a little too high with the second film in the franchise. Third film. You never saw uh, Skull Island. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking of the Godzilla ones. Yeah. 
So yeah, they might have just shot a little too high with King of the Monsters, so it's you know pretty hard for them to top that. Um, seems like the critical response is pretty much uh, exactly, exactly what you'd same. expect. Yeah, exactly the same as all of the other films in the franchise, where everybody's just like, you know, oh, this is dumb. It's just monster fights. Like, yeah, fucking yeah. idiot. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, Shin Godzilla was great, but not every kaiju movie needs to be a metaphor for the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster. Yeah. It'd be weird if it was. <laughs> Nor does it have a uh, need to have Hideki Anno's uh, biting sense of irony and uh, hatred of bureaucracy. <laughs> Although if this movie had just ended with like a credit saying like, this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. Ah, <laughs> uh, never forget. Where did that come from again? Uh, I think that was Rambo Three, which uh, was okay. which, which was set against the uh, Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, that that dedication uh, aged super well. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Osama bin Laden, you sir are the man. Slow clap. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone, a man who famously only makes good decisions. Like, uh, yeah, because he went straight from that to uh, launching Planet Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the man does not miss. <laughs> also, he uh, hijacked uh, the production of the first Judge Dredd movie, a cinematic classic. I am the No, no, it's I am the law. <laughs> Gotta have the dramatic pause. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he absolutely understood the character. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> A movie with uh, no sliced alone. Yeah. To uh, make to mixed did, effect. What did, uh, so, what did you think of the film? Um, about the same. So. A uh, skinny version of the plot. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong takes place five years after the events of King of the Monsters. And for reasons that are never adequately explained, Goji and Kong are the only two kaiju left active. Whatever happened to all the other kaiju we see bowing down to Goji at the end of the last movie is never made clear. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what happens to one. Like, you know what happened to uh, Ghidorah. And Masuda. Yeah, Rip and but peace. yeah, it was this movie did have a strange uh, absence of other kaiju. Yeah, you know, you thought you'd at least get a cameo of some of them or something. Well, I mean, there's there's the skull crawlers, which were from uh, uh, Skull Island, and they introduce a couple of uh, minor, a uh, couple of uh, jobbers, but you know, they're they're jobbers, so who really cares? Yeah, they're 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 the the barakas of kaiju. I think that would be the Mudos, because they even kind of look like Baraka. Yeah, well, yeah. Similarly, they existed to Job. Yeah. Yeah, I never, never heard anything else about them since the first movie. Because no one really cared. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we open on Skull Island as Kong rises with the sun and goes about uh, his morning routine. It's a very Shrek way to move to start a movie. It's very classic. <laughs> just swap yeah, he out. Just kinda, he just kind of like rolls over, just like somebody. <laughs> Except just swap out uh, the Shrek with uh, I think it was Marvin Gaye. 
Yeah. I, I don't I really remember the first act of the film super well. Yeah, I tried looking up what all of the uh, the licensed uh, tracks for the movie are, but that information does not seem to be on the internet anywhere. But yeah. anyways, yeah. Just uh, chill morning vibes until they are shattered when Kong picks up a tree trunk and hurls it to the sky, which turns out to be a giant LCD screen, which he smashes, revealing that Kong is actually being kept in captivity by Monarch. Yes. Which, uh, I have many he, questions about how they accomplished that, but... Uh, yeah, I was like, did he not notice you built the dome over the island? Well, clearly he did, because why else would you just throw a tree at the sky? Uh, yeah, but, but why? <laughs> I think that the I think the concept was that they were trying to hide him from Godzilla, if I remember correctly. Well, no, the concept is that at some point in uh, the preceding five years, a uh, cataclysmic storm. So, all right, so there was always this storm surrounding uh, Skull Island, which is why no one could find the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, at some point, Did anybody it, think to look in the permanent storm? Well, they did. That's how you get the second movie in the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but just like, it doesn't seem like this should be that hard. We have satellites. Well, they didn't in the 1960s. No. Well, they kind of did. But I don't know how advanced they were. Not very. Uh, we yeah. were still we were still running Sputnik tech. Basically a metal volleyball that they just launched into space. Yeah. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Well, it was to scare the Amerikanskis. Yeah. Which it did. And it worked. <laughs> sure it did. But yeah, at some point, uh, the uh, the giant murder storm started moving inland, uh, wiping out the uh, indigenous uh, population and seemingly all of the other monsters. So Monarch basically constructed the uh, the Kong Dome to protect Kong. Okay, so it could destroy Kong, but it can't destroy an LCD screen? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> roll with it yeah yeah i mean that's that when with all of like the uh the human elements of the film really just the best pro principle is just roll with it it doesn't matter anyway. yeah i mean did, i mean did you think very hard about the fact that they were making all the monsters in the last movie fight by playing them the song of the whales no not at all <laughs> precisely yeah uh what you really got to play him is jazz wolf <laughs> I want I want you to make me a copy of that, by the way. Oh yeah, I've, it's it's one of my most treasured possessions. It's for for you listeners at home. It's just a it as the name implies. It's just sexy sax music with uh, punctuated by wolf howls, <laughs> jazz wolf. It's, it's jazz with wolves. Now that should go on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tired. Uh, wolf t-shirts. Wired jazz wolf t-shirts. <laughs> but of the indigenous population, the only survivor is a young deaf girl who was rescued by Kong himself, and the two share a bond that allows them to communicate. Yeah, for again, for reasons. Uh, well, you know, it does somewhat get explained, but... Anyways, they're holding Kong for his protection, and they are keenly aware that they can't actually keep him in the Kong Dome forever, but they know that Godzilla is basically just circling the island waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him out in the parking lot. <laughs> so taking him off the island isn't really a viable option either. 
Meanwhile, they're approached by uh, the representatives of this uh, shady Wayland yutani type organization who wants to use Kong for their own ends with the promise that they'd be helping Kong out in the process. And with basically no options but bad options, Monarch capitulates, well aware that they are very likely putting Kong on a collision course with the big G. Yeah. So they can't get him off the island without alerting Godzilla. So they decide to just alert Godzilla. Well, they, they put him on a bunch of boats. Yeah. But then, so the thing about that, so obviously the point of putting him on the boat was so that we could have a big giant uh, monster fight at sea. Yeah, what episode of Evangelion was that? Where, the, where uh, they're on the cruisers? Yeah. See, it does uh, come back to Hideaki Anno. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is circular. Time is a flat circle, and uh, you know, as as we found in uh, Evangelion, you know, uh, we should uh, abolish the borders that separate us from one another, and you know, turn into uh, soul goo and become one with God. I thought the moral of Evangelion was don't become the soul goo. Yeah, I choose to take my own reading. <laughs> don't okay. get in. Okay, the whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't get in the robot, Shinji. <laughs> Become the goo. <laughs> <laughs> Reject modernity. Return to goo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's that's pretty much the first. Have... But yeah, that's pretty much the first act of the movie. Yeah, but uh, the last point that I wanted to make about that uh, was it's clearly that was just a setup to have the big giant monster fight at sea because they figure, well, there's no way to get him off the island without putting him on a boat. So then after the boat's destroyed, they just put him on some helicopters. In a and, big fucking net. Yeah, yeah, and get him off the island without a boat. And I'm just like, you could have done this the whole time. Well, presumably they are far enough away that uh, those helicopters were not going to make it to Antarctica, which is their destination. For reasons. Yeah, again, for reasons. Very silly reasons. <laughs> yeah, like I said, all of the... Everything that the humans do in this movie is silly and fortunately pointless. So, yeah, especially since uh, there is a subplot involving Millie Bobby Brown's character from the previous movie working with this conspiracy crank podcaster to uh, uncover what the Umbrella Corporation is up to. Yeah. And isn't so he's like a, he's like a janitor at the facility, too, right? Uh can't remember if he was like a maintenance or systems analyst but you know low man on the totem pole yeah like they they put they put him in a uh, you know jumpsuit with like stitched on name tag so he's clearly you know a working guy yeah uh which you know given that he's spying on him it would be weird if he was anything other than an entry-level position yeah so, but uh, yeah, when I'm talking conspiracy trank, I'm talking full blown. They put fluoride in the water to turn the to turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah, he's basically supposed to be like a. Low I mean, that was literally a thing where he's asking them tap or bottled. Yeah, I, I don't think I remember that part, but yeah, I remember that. That he was, was... That, that was when uh uh Millie and her friend first meet him. Mm. Yeah, but. They pretty much just kind of made him a uh, like do like a dollar store Alex Jones, which was a weird choice since he ends up being super right about most of it. Yeah, it was I, a little weird. Yeah, I don't think that really tracks. Yeah, but, but 
then again, like, I don't know, would Alex Jones be opposed to the giant, clearly evil corporation? Uh, I think he hates tech companies, so maybe. True, yeah, they are. I guess their closest analog would be like a Google or something like that. Yeah, the Tesla, maybe, since they're in robots. Yeah, they're, they're just doing e- they're, giant they're, evil science. They're, they're just doing evil science. Yeah. They're, they're evil <laughs> yeah, science they're, incorporated. Yeah. They just have, like, a lab that's just full of, uh, you know, like, buzzing, uh, like, generators and test tubes and that kind of stuff. They're just doing evil science. It's like, what do you make in there? Oh, bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make in there? War crimes, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> well, where's... It's like, yeah, the company headquarters is probably, like, Little St. James Island or something like that. It's uh, it's uh, in a volcano layer. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They do have sharks with lasers on their heads. But yeah, you know, the, you're you're not here for uh, the the human stuff. Although it is questionable, and I have some notes. Yeah. You're here for big dick monster fighting, and on that the movie does deliver. Yes. Godzilla makes landfall around the ten to fifteen minute mark, so you really don't waste much time. He attacks one of the. Uh, the, the Shadowrun Corporation's research bases uh, in Pensacola. Which, you know, yeah, if, if I was a radioactive kaiju monster, I'd probably turn the panhandle into a glass floor, too. They know See, what they that did. Was the, that, was the, that was the part that really stretched believability to me. Was that they Oh, made that a Pen- major company would invest in Pensacola, Florida? Well, yeah, they made Pensacola look like a metropolis. And I'm like, <laughs> have you seen Pensacola? There's, like, one house that has paint on it. Yeah. <laughs> And a Walmart that's partially electrocuted. <laughs> or sorry, partially electrified. Good old Southern Alabama. Yep. <laughs> uh, Florabama, sir. I, uh, we can't say that uh, because we might get sued by MTV for their uh, Florabama Shore program. Well, you know what? They were doing a Florabama Shore program. Uh, filming thing like like they were doing some kind of like Florabama Shore like filming tie-in thing for Pride a couple of years ago so fuck them anyway but on the topic of uh, not wasting uh, time one of the best things I can say about the movie is that there's really not a lot of fat to trim here I mean you know unless you want to take my route and just do the two hour monster battle which I'm not opposed to but assuming we must have humans uh, they don't really take up you know too much of the runtime. No, yeah, they they, you know, like you said, they do get into it. Uh, they do get into the monster stuff pretty quickly. And in terms of the uh, the pacing of the movie, all right. So this clocks in at uh, just under two hours, and it feels like it just flew by to me. Yeah, after uh, twelve months of uh, Panasonic, my uh, my attention span is not great. But at no point did this movie uh, give me a chance to get bored and look at my phone. Yeah. I mean, I did, I was kind of like, almost like nodding off a little bit at the very beginning prior to uh, the monster fight. But yeah, after that, I was pretty fixed on the screen. So yeah. And it so it probably goes without saying that the main attraction here are the battle sequences. And, you know, they can never really approach the scale of the King of the Monsters battle by simply by merit of there being fewer kaiju. Yeah. But they're still some of the best popcorn entertainment money can buy. Yeah. 
Uh, well, especially because there is, you know, kind of a, a, a twist uh, villain that gets brought in towards the end of the film. I don't know. Is it a spoiler to talk about that? I mean, I'm already seeing like articles talking about alternative designs for this character. So I think it's been well and truly spoiled. Word. Okay. So, yeah, they do Mechagodzilla. Yep. Uh, that's what uh, the uh, the Wayland yutani company was working on. Yeah. And God damn it. Bringing up Hideki Anno again. It basically just is like that uh, artificial Evangelion where oh, no, it still has a human pilot. Uh, or did the artificial Avas also have human pilots? They seem no, pretty I, bestial. I guess, yeah, they, I, I guess they, I think they were just robots. Yeah. So, but it is kind of analogous because, yeah, they turn it on and it immediately goes haywire and fucks shit up. No, not immediately. Uh, they have to kill uh, Ken Watanabe's son first. Yeah. Because that pilot is supposed to be uh, Sarazawa Jr. Now, did they explain why they were building a Mechagodzilla? Uh, because he wanted to put humans back on top of the food chain. Right. Yeah, he did say that, and I was like, what does that mean? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. are, are, you, are you saying that you want to literally eat Godzilla? With your robot? <laughs> he saw giant monsters and developed a co an inferiority complex? I mean... Yeah, based on what he, based on what the way that he talks, it seems to, but it's still just why. And you know, at at this point, we're probably just going to get a uh, full spoiler in. So if you care about the twists and turns of Godzilla versus Kong, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, but going uh, back to on the episode, <laughs> going back to Hideaki Anno, even his death scene reminded me a lot of uh, when Unit Zero goes haywire and starts smashing that window. Yeah. Except Nerve did their due fucking diligence and made the 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 observation booth out of something stronger than paper mache. <laughs> yeah, it's like you built a giant, you built a fucking mecha Godzilla. You couldn't build like a two paint like thicker glass or something. Tempered safety glass or something. Yeah, you clearly well, have. Mean, then again, I mean, I kind of understand to a degree because it is like basically you know, like, Lovecraftian levels of, like, you know, power. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, further spoilers, uh, the thing is powdered, powered by Ghidra. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, somehow. The control unit is fashioned from the Ghidra skull that I assume is what, uh, Tywin Lannister recovered in the post credit stinger of the last movie. Yeah. Which, again, is weird. Because wasn't he like an basically an eco terrorist or something? Sort of. It seems like and he was. So now a... his skull, like he's not in the movie. No, that that so character his... that that character does not return. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 stinger from the end of King of the Monsters just goes absolutely nowhere. Uh, except to explore expose that it, it exposes that somebody has one of Ghidorah's heads. And apparently, it's Wayland Yutani now. Yeah. So um, this is just speculation on my part, but my assumption is that Michael Doherty, who directed the last movie, had intended to return to direct this movie, but King of the Monsters, in defiance of any explanation I can muster, uh, did not perform well at the box office. They actually lost money. So 
Mm. I suspect he was not asked to return. And then they brought in Adam Wingard, who uh, made his own creative decisions. It's a very uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi type situation where the things that were set up are not followed through on. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of get that vibe now that you're now that you're explaining it. Yeah. Uh, again, that's just my speculation. Uh, and I may be off base, as I very often am, but that yeah. is what I suspect happened. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm very confused at the power source for this thing, because it's just like, it's a skull. Well, the, is the, the skull, like, radioactive or something? Well, the skull doesn't actually power. The skull is just, like, the control docket. Yeah, did you need the skull? No, no, uh, the power source is what they were going uh, into uh, the journey of the center of the Earth segment for. Yeah, I remember that they went to, like, the center of the Earth, but I don't remember why. Uh, uh, because, uh, Umbrella... There's a lot of vet quests in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a criticism I can make. Uh, we waste a lot of time doing fetch quests. Yeah. Uh, King of the Monsters felt like a much more, uh, natural progression from one event to another. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they went to the center of the Earth to get the power source for Mechagodzilla? Uh, that's what, uh, the corporation was up to. Uh, Monarch was taking him there to try and find him a new home. Yeah. And while they were there, they found the ancient kingdom of the Kongs. Yeah. Which he is found, where... Yeah, his, his like ancestral throne and uh, hammer. Uh, his sick battle axe that you see in all the trailers. Yeah. Which is, uh, I I guess, made from a... Uh, from a, uh, like a, like a, a Godzilla from spine. Like another, yeah, another Godzilla. That, that's why it can like absorb and reflect radiation. Yeah. Um... Though, yeah, that's still. Uh, I'm still. I still have questions though about the the god about the the Ghidorah skull. It's like when, because yeah, when I saw that, and it was just like the skull of Ghidorah with a bunch of wires coming out of it, and I'm just like, did you did you need the skull? Like, is there is the skull magic? Uh, I guess there is still like active neurons in the skull that they were using for like the neural uplink. Uh, but that, you know... Okay, they do know that's not how skulls work, right? Like, that's not a thing with bones. Well, apparently it is, because Ghidra ends up possessing Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they do know that brain that the brain is not inside the skull, right? Uh, like, it is... Did they, did they David, David brain? it's also a, uh, a magical space dragon that shoots electricity out of its mouth. Well, yeah, that do we know? Lot, do, but... do, do we know very much about this creature's biology? <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe the maybe maybe his bones are full of skull, <laughs> or uh, his, his bones are full of brain. Who knows? I would say it's got muscle memory, but it doesn't have muscles. So yeah, uh, the more I'm talking about this with someone else, the more I'm kind of like uh, finding loose threads. Yeah, that were not. Oh, yeah, like plot-wise, it's kind of a mess. That were not present in its predecessor. Yeah. Uh, the, like you like you mentioned, it could have been uh, you know the result of that kind of shift in the creative team, especially considering that this movie had a pretty quick turnaround after the previous one. Like it's, it's been less than two years since the last Godzilla since King of the monsters. Right. And it was actually supposed to be out last year, but uh, then the panini happened. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there would have only been like a one year turnaround or yeah, sorry, two years turnaround time. Cause I think King of the monsters came out in 2018, right? 2019. 
2019? Okay, yeah. So there would have, actually would have only been like a one-year turnaround time between them. So yeah, uh, presumably. I yeah, I could see there being, you know, kind of kind of issues with that with, you know, just kind of like a sudden change in uh, the creative head. Yeah, especially if they press this into production as soon as King of the Monsters was done. And then Michael Doherty suddenly was no longer attached to it partway through uh, pre-production. So now yeah. it's kind of like a Hobbit type situation. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, in terms of plot, it's a little bit of a mess. Uh, like we mentioned, um, you know, cer certain elements of the plot don't necessarily add up. There's a lot of uh, sort of fetch quests and threads that threads from previous movies that don't get picked up and threads here that don't really go anywhere. But again, restating the thesis, none of that really matters. Yeah, because you're not there for that. Yeah. And uh, one complaint I didn't have, but I heard other people make was that uh, the previous movie and especially Godzilla 2014 were too dark visually. Hmm. A lot of fighting at night. Yeah, that is uh, the big uh, belly ache that uh, certain individuals had. This one uh, seems to want to rectify that since with the exception of one sequence, all of the battles take place in broad daylight. Yeah, very, and very sunny, very bright. And even the one that takes place at night is in uh, Hong Kong. I thought it was destroying Hong Kong during the day. Uh, it does both. It starts okay. at it starts at night, and the battle stretches into the early, into the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember because Godzilla starts destroying Hong Kong first, right? And then Kong shows up to like defend. Uh no. Uh, he shows up in Hong Kong to. It's actually not clear what he's doing in Hong Kong. If he's. <laughs> If he's there to fuck up Cyberdyne, or if he's, he okay. Well, he does somehow sense Kong fucking around in like the Hollow Earth and blasts. Yeah, because he blasts his radioactive breath through to like the middle of the Earth, just like, and and like into the Kong's throne room, and is just like looking down on it. I'm like, hey, what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> Which is you know. So, which is uh, only slightly less baffling than Kong just, you know, climbing the fuck up. Yeah. You know, just climb, what, 3,000 miles or something? Uh, it's uh, I guess he's not, like, he's not completely in the, the dead center of the Earth. It's still a lot. Yeah. Also, is the so th this movie does have a hollow Earth, right? Yeah, which is not something that was introduced in this movie. That actually goes back to uh, Skull Island. Yeah. And it was talked but, about briefly in King of the Monsters, but then it was only as, like, kind of like a hand wave for how these, you know, giant monsters could be traveling around the world unnoticed. Yeah, they basically have the pneumatic tubes from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here they really seem to, like, want to do a whole uh, Land of the Lost journey to the center of the earth thing yeah because they yeah they, they were trying to make kong like his new home in the inside the hollow earth or, or to transport him somewhere else it's again it's not very clear yeah well because there is like a giant like massive uh kong-sized jungle in the middle of the earth too right yeah full of creatures yeah i i, I was just like i didn't imagine that that happened no that happened it's also very okay. bright down there yeah where the light source there is coming from i have no idea but <laughs> Uh, the, the core? Somehow? Eh? Who knows? It is very weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that only raises more questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it mid? Why is it midday in the middle of the Earth? It's like because I think because uh, in real life there are like hollow Earth conspiracy theorists, but I think that they generally believe that like the Earth is like on the is like inside out, right? Like we're on the inside of the Earth, and like the Sun is the center. So maybe that's what they were going for. But but no, because in this movie the Earth is still a globe, isn't it? <laughs> like space is still real. Oh uh, yeah, because Ghidorah came from space. <laughs> Yeah, like space. No, space is still real, folks. <laughs> so, is there a sun inside the hollow Earth? In it the, is. There's a the Earth is, smaller the, sun inside the Earth. The Earth is a Mobius strip. <laughs> yeah, this this shit's wacky, man. <laughs> I feel like a lot of this could have been rectified it if they thought about it more than not at all. Yeah. <laughs> No, so, yeah, they they gave none of this shit any thought. <laughs> they they just wanted to have some uh, some madcap sci-fi adventures, and they didn't very much care about how. No. And you know what? They actually do go to the center of the Earth because a plot point is that they needed these special space sci-fi vehicles to survive the point at which gravity reverses itself because you're now on the other side of the globe. Yeah, which was that... which which was something that was uh, that I first saw in the remake of Total Recall, where they're going through the center of the Earth and gravity like goes through a sudden reversal when you reach the core. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, that's that's <laughs> not that that that's not physics, man. <laughs> yeah, rarely will I, rarely will I ever say this, but someone get Neil deGrasse Tyson on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I feel like his brain would just start leaking out of his ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not everybody can have the like kind of dense understanding of uh, you know, like physics and the earth's, you know, uh central like structure that they showcased in the Mortal Kombat movies. Gusts of hot wind from the earth's core propeller hipster balls. Somewhere. You know what? That yeah, that that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat Armageddon's a dog shit movie, but I do like, kind of love it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> For years, we thought uh, Sub Zero was like flying in or being propelled on a crane. It wasn't until like a year ago that I realized that he's like hanging by his ankles on like an ice pole. <laughs> No, yeah, you, you could see it. He's wearing like a harness and just sliding along like a pole from the ceiling. No, the no the the pole is his ankles. Hmm. What, 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 whatever. We can talk uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon uh, in like a week or two when the new mo when the new movie comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> teaser for next teaser for a future episode. Yeah. Oh, I'm, but, I'm talking. Um, I'm talking about Mortal Kombat to someone. Yeah. Um, but again, so this, so Godzilla versus Kong, like really none of it makes any sense, but again, restating our central premise doesn't matter. And with one or two exceptions, it did play out more or less how I thought it would. Um, you see, I, I went into it kind of suspecting that God's that, that, uh, like 
Godzilla and King, like Godzilla was going to basically like have a heel turn and become evil, and it was going to turn out at the end of the movie that he was Mechagodzilla. That's what I suspected. That's what I thought too, because that's exactly what happened in Mechagodzilla's very first appearance, uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, nineteen seventy-four. Yeah. So I was wrong on that account, but I was right that Mechagodzilla would be in the movie that Godzilla and Kong would be fighting and be forced to team up. And I was correct that Mechagodzilla would be part Ghidorah, because that was set up, although followed through on in ways that I did not anticipate. Yeah. Very, very weird. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah, also- ultimate... a, a lot of the pieces that you thought were going to be on the board were there, just not in any of the spots that you thought they would be. Except for the conclusion, because there was really no other way that this movie could end. Oh, yeah. Ne neither Godzilla or King Kong can lose. No. Yeah, they had to team up to fight like a common enemy. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, they're like, you know, respect. Yeah, respect, man. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that uh, if you're a Godzilla fan more than a Kong fan, you might be disappointed. Because uh, by far and away, Kong gets the most screen time. Yeah, Godzilla's not really in as much of the movie as you might expect. But then again, like, you know, I think humans have more of a bond with Kong than they do with Godzilla. It's also much harder to make a movie where Godzilla is the protagonist. Yeah. Especially since he uh, overpowers Kong by a considerable measure. You know, Kong's scrappy, but he's very much the underdog yeah. in uh, all of their encounters, especially the first one where he's on a fucking boat. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think that, well, because on that, because like Godzilla can swim, Kong, I don't think, can swim at all. Well, he can uh, swim. He can't just fight. He just can't fight in the water. Yeah. Godzilla he's gotten can. A lot, he's gotten a lot bigger since the first movie, but he's not, still not quite Godzilla sized. And, and Godzilla he also has the atomic breath. Yeah, which until he gets his battle axe, he has no uh, answer for. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty uh, one sided uh, affair throughout until uh, Mecha uh, Godzilla shows up and starts whipping Godzilla's ass. Yeah. Speaking of, I really wasn't in love with Mecha Godzilla's design. Yeah. I didn't really have too strong a feeling on it. Like I didn't he looks think it was like, that bad. He looks like a big uh, big uh, chicken monster. Yeah. Hang on, let me I'm going to I'm going to look it up again just so I can refresh my memory. Uh yeah, it is, it is a little weird. Yeah, and uh, I saw some of the... Uh... kind of looks like Truckosaurus. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, with, his, with his big pincher arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I saw some of the uh, proposed designs, which were uh, much more traditional. They just basically made him look more ramshackle and cobbled together than he was in the past. Yeah. Also, uh, when I googled Mechagodzilla, I, one of the uh, things people also ask for is Mothra Godzilla's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh, the shit. answer is yes. Uh, Mothra is the Mothra is the moth-like monster star of the film, and according to Weibo, she's also Godzilla's wife. <laughs> Word. <laughs> according to who? I don't know. It's Weibo? from an art. It's from an article that uh, is titled "China Thinks Godzilla Should Have Saved His Girlfriend." <laughs> I, I don't know what I've stumbled onto. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, thank you, China. <laughs> Stick a pin okay, so, in that. Yeah, okay, so maybe that was why the movie underperformed, because Chinese audiences didn't like it because Godzilla was a bad boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Fair enough. I'm a Mothra stan, so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I think Godzilla vs. Kong scratches the itch it's designed for, uh, despite its many, many, many faults <laughs> and just baffling decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, none of it makes any goddamn sense. There's, I don't think, hard, scarcely any plot threads that actually lead somewhere. Lots, lots of things just kind of get dropped or don't, or they get kind of hand waved away and don't really make any sense. But uh, you want some big dick monster? It. Yeah, you want some big dick monster fighting? You want what this movie's selling? Yeah, highly recommend. Yep. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, I watched this uh, the morning it debuted on HBO Max. Uh, you saw it in IMAX. Yes. I got the impression that this is a movie that demands to be seen in IMAX. It was pretty... Well, I mean, because I didn't see it in any other format, I can't really compare. But yeah, it was pretty impressive in IMAX format. Yeah, so I'm uh, definitely trying to get on that while I still have the chance. Yeah. But on that note, we're going to go to a break, and then we will be back with a little more just a kind of miscellaneous uh, Godzilla kaiju conversation. Yes. We will be back after this message. King Kong, invincible gorilla god of the jungle paradise, destroyer of cities. Godzilla, indestructible behemoth from prehistoric time, released from an icy tomb to pulverize a panic-stricken world. Now, for the first time, in one awe-inspiring motion picture, they meet the mightiest monsters of the ages, King Kong, Godzilla, locked in the most titanic battle of all time. Uh, so I guess everybody is mad at Sylvester Stallone on on Twitter today because uh, he joined Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I don't really get why everyone's uh, surprised. It's just like when uh, Bruce Willis uh, came when it came out as full MAGA. It's like, yeah, these these fucking roided up weirdos have been playing these uh, tough guy roles for so long. They've started to believe the myth. Well, that actually raises an interesting question because we must consider. Did they start just start believing the myth over time, or did they always believe it? Were they always that guy? I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think that, yeah, like, Sylvester Stallone uh, has always had, like, big dumb guy energy. I mean, I don't know. He wrote Rocky. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Didn't he also write some real dog shit, though? I mean, later in his career, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he did have thoughts at a time. I mean, Rocky's not exactly a complex film. Eh. But, you know, whether they started out that way or not, um, him, uh, Willis, Clint Eastwood, I feel like all of them playing these roles for decades just kind of melted whatever brains they might have had. So now they just believe that they are Rambo or John McClane, 
or I don't know name of a Clint Eastwood character. Oh yeah, Clint Eastwood a hundred percent believes that he's the old guy from Grand Torino. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn, <laughs> sir. This is a target. Where's that Asian kid? <laughs> you know the good one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, welcome back to uh, Splatterpunks. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to uh, round out uh, tonight's episode by just uh, kind of riffing on some uh, some Godzilla memories, if you would. Yes. Uh, did you have one in mind that you wanted to kick off with? Uh, well, you know, uh, like you, I kind of got my start with Godzilla uh, with the Americanized versions that we would get uh, from the blockbuster week after week. Mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, uh, Jesus, which one was it? Uh, which is the one uh, with Mecha Ghidorah? Hmm. I'm not sure off the top of my head because that was one of the later ones. I think that Mecha Ghidorah might have shown up by like the in like the 80s. Uh, yeah, it was uh, 91, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I think that was always your favorite because uh, you were always a Ghidorah stan. Actually, um, not the not the one from ninety one. Now, I oh, well, that's the only one where Mecha Ghidorah appears. Yeah, I was actually more, much more of a fan of uh, the original. I think it was just God, was it just Godzilla versus Ghidorah or uh, Ghidorah the three headed monster? I think uh, that movie had like six titles. So yeah, pick, pick one. It's even odds you'll be correct. Yeah, I my my favorite as a kid was probably always uh, Ghidorah the three headed monster. Just because, yeah, I did really like Ghidorah. Um, but, you know, if I had to pick a best one, I mean, you got to go with Destroy All Monsters. Uh, the original? Yeah. Not like uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack? Um, is that is that the same movie? No, that one was released in two, uh, 2002, 2003. Oh, okay. I thought that it was just another one of the... Cause Destroy All Monsters itself, I think, has multiple titles as well. Uh, 2001, that one. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm talking about uh, Destroy All Monsters, yeah, from like the 60s, I want to say. I think it might have been like 65. Sounds about right. Uh, my personal favorite was probably the original Godzilla vs. Mothra, mm. as I said. That one is pretty good, too. As I said, a uh, big Mothra fan. Yeah. Uh, love... Love moths in general. Anything with moths uh, gets a pass in my book because moths are cool. Well, before Godzilla versus Mothra, there was just Mothra, right? Yeah, Mothra is uh, one of the ones like Rodan who uh, uh, came over from a different movie. It was uh, her, Rodan, and Baragon. They all yeah. had. They all came from different movies. Baragon is a little bit of a B-lister. Yeah, but you know, uh, Baragon actually emerged from. Okay, so there's there's this uh, bizarre lineage that I'm going to try and get right. So uh, the special effects guy on the original King Kong, he came to Toho with a proposal to collaborate on a movie. And Toho was already working on a Godzilla versus Frankenstein movie. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard about this, and I'm just like... How? Well, it was either going to be a just like giant, you know, f humanoid Frankenstein monster, 
or according to conflicting accounts, it was going to be a monster created by Dr. Frankenstein, created by various animals all like stitched and homunculied together. <laughs> but uh, once now, now I'm just now I'm just picture uh, now I'm just kind of like yeah like uh, like just a like 500 foot tall chimera. Big Brother Godzilla. Yeah, it that's, hurts. Th yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> so yeah, uh, when uh, O'Brien, I think his name was uh, the guy from King Kong, when he came aboard, they scrapped Frankenstein, and instead turned it into Kong, and then you know the original Godzilla versus Kong plays out, which. Yeah, you wanted Godzilla to fight another famous giant monster. Maybe one from a classic film from the 1930s. Let's see, who do we got? I know, Frankenstein. <laughs> but then Toho actually did go through with their uh, Frankenstein plan by producing Frankenstein Conquers the World in 1965. And that's where Baragon comes in because he's the one who ends up fighting the giant Frankenstein monster. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of Frankenstein Conquers the World. I need to see that. But it gets more convoluted because that movie got a sequel in the form of War of the Gargantuans, which is about two giant hairy ape men who are spawned from the cells of the destroyed Frankenstein monster. So, Frank, so you have a giant Frankenstein monster. It gets destroyed and you clone it into two King Kongs. And also, when you export these movies to Germany, Frankenstein gets added to all of the titles. <laughs> and according to rumors, sometimes they add a line in the a line of dialogue in the movies where explaining that like Godzilla and Ghidra and all these are just creations of Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> to what end, sir? Of. <laughs> uh, Japanese didn't know the difference between Germany and Switzerland, so they assumed Frankenstein was German. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this this whole saga is one of the most convoluted things I've tried to uh, uh, assemble. Oh, oh and yeah, and if you, if you're trying to assemble like the the greater like Toho universe, it's it's fucking bonkers. That's before you get into like uh, the Toho's kind of King Kong sequel, King Kong Escapes, which is where you get Mecha Kong, who yeah. is also sometimes called Frankenstein. <laughs> King Kong Escapes featuring Mecha Kong, who is also Frankenstein. I'm just imagining Doctor Frankenstein in like his lab somewhere, just like sitting in front of like a Scarface-esque mountain of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Just cobbling different animals together to create these robot monsters. Yeah, he's just <laughs> fucking just snowblind uh, mad scientist. Yeah, he's just like throwing switches, just chanting to himself, what you get is what you see. <laughs> Things that don't come easily. <laughs> So, do you remember the first one that you, the first, like, kaiju movie that you actually saw? Um, first kaiju, well, uh, do we count the original King Kong as a kaiju movie? He's not quite kaiju size. He's only about 20-ish yeah. feet tall in that one. Yeah, I would not count that one. 
It is definitely one of the first movies I remember watching. But uh, if we're talking, uh, yeah. But if we're talking genuine kaiju movies, I want to say it was either Godzilla versus Mothra or Godzilla versus Biolante, which is a weird one to start with. Yeah, I was about to say that is an odd choice. <laughs> yeah, I heard rumors for the longest time that this movie was apparently super hard to find in the States, but our blockbuster always had it in stock. Yeah. And I think I was just attracted to it by this like weird looking flower monster on the cover. So I rented it. Yeah, I don't think that I ever actually rented that one as a kid, but I always do. I do always remember being kind of like struck by the cover because it does have it does have a pretty. Uh... Just, just a big. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at a picture of the of the box art now. It's just and like I guess a... there was two. There was two different ones, and I remember. Yeah, the one where it's like. Godzilla is kind of like in the foreground dwarfed by this just giant like exploding flower thing in the background. Yeah, it's basically just like a giant evil lion flower from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't really look anything like Violante as I recall. I think it ha it's been years since I've seen it, but I think it does have like the orange frill for a brief period. Uh, before it just kind of turns into a uh, alligator plant monster. Yeah. Because that, that always confused me as a kid, because I had uh, I had that, that set of Godzilla toys, like the little action figures. Um, yeah, from the uh, Millennium series-ish, I think. Yeah. I can't... I, I'm not sure exactly of... when I, got, I got them as a, as a gift from our uncle. Yeah, and uh, it, they're kind of a motley crew from, like, all over, because there's, like... Uh, uh, not uh, there's Gigan, but not like Millennium Gigan. But then you also have like Kiryu, which I think was from the Millennium series, and uh, uh, Space Godzilla, Batrana. Yeah, it is a it, it's a lot of it's a lot of the later monsters, like a lot of characters from like the eighties and nineties are in no, there. No Destaroya though. No, Mogra though. I, for the life of me, I can't remember what Mogra's fucking from. Oh, I'm I, I see him in a, a cover right now. He's from Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the weird drill robot. Yeah, and he's got a giant buzz saw on his back too. Yeah, because of course. Yeah. Yeah, they just. I guess after a while that you know they because they had to just keep coming up with these monsters. So after a while, the designs were just getting fucking out there. <laughs> well, yeah, Desertoya is basically just like a five hundred foot tall devil monster. Yeah, he's got the giant horns, right? He's yeah, got, like the devil horns. Uh, he's got like a giant fucking unicorn horn and then some like side horns and shit. Yeah, they just kind of made him look like like hell Godzilla. Like he's he's extreme nineties Godzilla. <laughs> Violent Godzilla. Yeah. He's Poochie Godzilla. <laughs> no, that's Gino. Gino? That was the fan name for Godzilla 98. Oh. That's Poochie yeah, that Poochie Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> that's a Poochie Godzilla if I ever saw one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Toho yeah, I officially guess, renamed... I guess... I, I guess uh, you know, if we're talking about the whole Godzilla series, we have to talk a little bit about Godzilla 98. I mean, I feel like that carcass has been pricked uh, pretty clean, but uh, I don't know what you got. I don't know. There is the oft-overlooked uh, Godzilla animated series. 
which I have to assume only ever saw the light of day because it was already partially finished. Probably. Kind of like uh, with Osmosis Jones. Like, that movie lost a shit ton of money, but it ended up with a Saturday morning cartoon. I assume because they were already in too deep, so they may as well try and wring some money out of this thing. Yeah. Well, I I think that the reason that the Godzilla animated series happened is because they made a shit ton of toys for the Godzilla movie. They did. They really did. They probably did not sell. So they needed a cartoon to try and just offload the stock that they got unexpectedly stuck with. Why? Why did I put all of my money into the Godzilla Taco Bell tie-in? <laughs> was that was was that Roland Emmerich who did that? Oh yeah, that was like his uh, that was like his third movie and his second big movie after Independence Day. Yeah, how did he end up getting a fourth movie? <laughs> Well, it did technically make money. It was more the uh, uh, the audience uh, and critical reception. Yeah, yeah, literally everyone hated that movie. <laughs> we asked you to remake Godzilla and you turned in a flaming sack of crap! Again! <laughs> Damn it, Emmerich! That remains one of the best robot chicken sketches. I guess it was just oddly enough and weird as it is to hear me say this out loud, the goodwill built up from Independence Day <laughs> that allowed him to get another movie. Oh, Independence Day was a fucking phenomenon. Yeah. That, that's something I'm surprised never got a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. That is weird. <laughs> Why did Godzilla get a Saturday morning cartoon and not, you know, the good one that, pe- that made a shit ton of money and people liked? <laughs> I mean, Independence Day, as, as you know, like, has been covered by other reviewers. Independence Day is a dumb fucking movie, but it's fun. It, it It's a dumb fucking movie, but it's also kind of the perfect movie. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I think uh, Independence Day Resurgence is what probably killed Roland Emmerich's career once and for all. If he can't make money with an Independence Day movie, then he's fucking done. Yeah. Well... How many fucking weird, bad movies did he make over the course of his career? Uh, he uh, made the Shakespeare one. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, the one talking about, like, yeah, Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare couldn't have written Shakespeare because poor. Because he was the dumb fucking peasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, um, who farts a lot and bangs prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was um, Day After Tomorrow, which was also bad. Yeah, the um, one the one where uh, uh they're literally getting chased by cold. <laughs> yeah. Like like it's fucking Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah, they're ru- they're running through the hallway with the concept of cold closing <laughs> in on them. <laughs> but wolves are fine. <laughs> awful awful CGI wolves. Yeah. Uh 2012 also dog shit. <laughs> Uh, 10,000 BC, which I don't even know what that one's about. I got it confused uh, yeah. with uh, the Mel Gibson movie Apocalyptico for the, long, for the longest fucking time. Yeah, I same. I didn't. I was just like, I which one is which? Yeah, I, I think that's the uh, most of the uh, Roland catalog. Yeah. Yeah, not not looking good when you get uh, when somebody can mix you up with uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> At his you very know. Gibsonist. Yeah. 
note, uh, noted expert in cultural sensitivity, Mel Gibson, and his uh, tour de force Apocalypto. Yeah, and his first movie was Universal Soldier, which I think was intended as a like sidequel to Blade Runner. Huh. <laughs> yeah, because it's about like combat replicants or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, another man who probably just never should have been behind the camera. Who, Roland? No, Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even his quote-unquote good movie is, uh... Hasn't aged like wine. What, Mad Max? Uh, no, the movies he directed. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what, Braveheart? Did he do that one? Yeah. Okay. That's that's the one that uh, won Best Picture. Must have been a slow year. Uh, well, uh, have you looked up uh, the movies that have won like Best Actor in recent years? Um, they're, they're all movies that no one has watched since the year they came out. Yeah, I saw people talking about that online earlier today. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I, I know that like one of them was like uh, the the guy from The Artist. Uh, Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything. Which I'm still salty about. Um, the King's Speech. Yeah. So, yeah, the point is uh, the Oscars. Oh, just... yeah, because the guy who won for Theory of Everything, did he win it over Michael Keaton for Birdman? Yeah, that's why I'm still salty. Yeah, that is. That is bullshit. That is, that... <laughs> yeah, that is a travesty. <laughs> I will never not be nettled by that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the, the, only one, the only one of those movies that anybody still gives a shit about is Kind of Lincoln. Uh, I like I still like the artist, but I'm also a I also jerk off to silent film. So. Yeah, just just the concept of a silent movie being made in 2012 was enough to win me over. Yeah. So the, I, I, I actually still haven't gotten around to seeing the artist and I did intend to do that someday. I'd recommend it. Yeah. But yeah, you even if you do like the movie, you can't deny that nobody's really talked about it since it came out. Not even me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of got we we got a little bit off track there. Yeah, whatever. The Oscars were never good. Let's talk about some giant monsters. <laughs> Art criticism is bullshit. Smash. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> okay, so uh, since we're on Biolanti, people also ask: Is Biolanti Godzilla's sister? Is Biolanti <laughs> good or bad? Is God is Biolanti a girl? Is Space Godzilla stronger than Godzilla? <laughs> Biolanti is a flower. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah. That is because I searched Mogra, and still one of the people also ask, "Is Biolanti Godzilla's sister?" <laughs> like, how would that work? Is, who keeps asking this? <laughs> that said, I am very curious about where Godzilla's offspring come from. Uh, well, it does actually on the. Uh, on one of the wikis, it says Biolanti is a genetically modified rose kaiju hybrid created from Godzilla's DNA, making her Godzilla and Space Godzilla's half sister. I'm not sure that's how siblings work, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> also, other questions: Is Godzilla is Space Godzilla Godzilla's brother, and who is Godzilla's brother? <laughs> oh, now I got a new set. Uh, who is Godzilla's dad? <laughs> who is Godzilla's wife? We already established this, Mothra. (laughs) (laughs) 
I ship it. <laughs> Is Kiryu Godzilla's dad? Okay, how would how would a robot sire <laughs> a giant radioactive lizard? <laughs> In yeah, I I think it's un it's never really explained where Godzilla comes from. In all uh, in, the it, uh, in the original, he was a creation of uh, nuclear radiation. Okay. That that is something that the '98 movie kind of got right. Yeah, which is something that I wanted to bring up because in the '98 movie, it's implied that he's a very mute. That Godzilla is like a mutated iguana. Iguana. Yeah. Created by the French because Jean Reno is here to cover it up. Roland Emmerich's a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very slumming Jean Renault. I'm pretty sure he'd already done The Professional by this point. Yeah. That should just be the subtitle for our show. Roland Emmerich's a fucking moron. <laughs> but yeah, in... Uh... Uh, yeah, the original Godzilla, I think he was created specifically by the Bikini Atoll testing. Yeah. It, okay, so in, in 1954 version? Yeah. Uh, okay. Because there was a real-life incident that the director took inspiration from where uh, the government was doing nuclear testing uh, in Japanese waters without notifying anyone. So a bunch of fishermen took in, like, tuna from these waters that were contaminated with gamma radiation and they made it to market and poisoned a bunch of people to death. Yeah. Because I there's, I recall that. because there's a scene in uh, Godzilla 54 that, you know, kind of directly references that in similar ways that Shin Godzilla directly represents Fukushima Daiichi. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, that was, I think that, cause that was only a few years after like, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, nine so years Japanese... to be exact, huh? Nine years to be exact. Well, the 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 fish poisoning. Thing oh, that yeah, yeah. Cause... But yeah, because af even after uh, Hiroshima, we basically just never stopped setting off nukes in the Pacific. No, so the Japanese were still all were already still uh you know trauma levels of regarding nuclear uh, anything nuclear still a little bit high at that point, and then another major incident happens. Yeah. And there were, you know, obviously a lot of scenes in uh, the original that, you know, pay direct reference to the very real effects of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You have yeah. the whole, like, improvised wards full of people suffering from radiation burns. You have a scene of a woman and her baby surrounded by flaming buildings as shit's falling down around them. And she's, like, hushing the baby, saying, we'll be with your father soon. It's like... <laughs> Jeez, movie. Yeah, got, uh, really giving it with Godzilla does not fuck around. Really giving it to us with both barrels. <laughs> but by the second movie, that serious tone was already gone. Yeah. Now, now he's just fighting Angerus. <laughs> and uh, we beat him by burying him in some ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the first Godzilla movie is kind of like a, you know, take a pretty serious, like, you know, sci fi action film. And then the series just immediately goes into left field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the conclusion of the first movie is that uh, Dr. Sarazawa has developed an experimental new weapon that he's extremely hesitant to use. 
and the only yeah, way the oxygen destroyer right yeah and the only yeah. way he ends up letting it be used on Godzilla is if he's the one who uses it and then he kills himself in the process so he takes its secret to his grave so yeah a little, little, little message in there about uh, pursuing ever more destructive weapons yeah which was hand uh handled a few years later by Ed Wood and Plan 9 out of, from Outer Space very deftly. Your stupid minds! <laughs> stupid! Stupid! Well, you know what they say. Uh, sooner or later they will develop a board with a nail in it so large that it will destroy them all. God damn, that was a good episode of The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, most of the Treehouse of Horrors are. Yeah. Well, that was also like Prime Era. That was like yeah. Season seven season six that's seven i think well on uh if we're gonna close this out uh let's end it on what our favorite kaiju are i've already said mine yeah i think i still gotta go with Ghidorah. uh any particular version uh mechagodzilla looks or mechagidorah looks cool but i think i still just gotta go with the original version Ghidorah classic yeah, Ghidorah Classic flavored. Do you hope that uh, they still find a way to uh, uh, have uh, Mothra make a comeback like what was uh, set up in the credits of uh, King of the Monsters? Yeah, because there was like an egg left over, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, uh, Mothra gets killed all the time, but she just respawns. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty, yeah pretty, actually, good, pretty good ability to have in a world of giant monsters. Yeah, which actually, like, I don't know where the I guess that's one thing that we didn't really talk about yet was where the franchise is going from here uh well I was under the impression that this was going to be the end of the legendary monster verse but uh someone at legendary has said that if the movie does well which it already has I think it's at something like 300 million worldwide almost four yeah well I mean it's, it also has the benefit of being one of the only movies out <laughs> I mean true yeah that's that's a benefit that King of the Monsters did not have, but yeah. Uh, so they have expressed interest in uh, moving forward with more movies if they can re-up their contract with Toho. Uh, yeah, because yeah, uh, that that's I saw something very similar because they were saying that um, they don't presently have any new MonsterVerse films in the pipeline, but if 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 this does really well, then they'll probably make more. Assuming they can get the rights from Toho, because Toho, uh, who, to my chagrin, is not doing a sequel to Shin Godzilla, but they are pressing forward with their own cinematic universe of new Godzilla films. Hmm. So, we'll see. I don't know. I, I like these legendary movies. I do, too. And I'm sure Toho likes all the money. Yeah. Well, I mean, not from King of the Monsters, but... Well, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure they're happy. You know, if if this movie ends up doing a billion dollars at the box office, I'm sure they'd be happy to get a slice of that. Yeah. So uh, we will see how that shakes out. Yeah. Um, either way, you know, since there's not even one in development right now, it's probably still be several years before we get another one of these movies. Yeah, I think uh, the big G and the big K are uh, in any event going to go dormant for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no new, like, you know, classic kaiju mo uh, character movies in development at present, as far as I'm aware. 
if they do end up uh, continuing the franchise, though, I do have uh, one request and or demand. Make some new Godzilla games, damn it. There hasn't been one since 2014. Godzilla games? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Godzilla game for the PS4, and that was the last thing. And, you know, back in the 2000s, they had all the great, like, tournament brawlers, like Destroy All Monsters yeah. Melee, Godzilla Unleashed. Well, was, that's what I was going to ask. Like, if, they, if you got another Godzilla game, what, what would you want? Like, another tournament fighter? I mean, yeah, that's that's the formula that's worked best. You know, in the yeah. olden days on the Famicom and the Super Nintendo, they tried different things. None of them were very good. No. No, they weren't. <laughs> so, there, uh, there, there, there was that good... They did have a good tournament fighter that only came out in Japan, right? Uh, well, it was a tournament fighter. I don't know how good it was. I think yeah. it was rather clunky and unresponsive. Yeah. But, um... Uh, maybe, like, one with all of the legendary universe monsters or something? Well, they, they did bring in a legendary Godzilla for uh, the last game, but since it was 2014, that's the only one that they brought in. Yeah. They didn't even bring in the Mutos, because who gives a fuck? Yeah. So yeah, a uh, a tournament fighter featuring all of the uh, the legendary verse monsters like the you know Godzilla, the Mudos, uh, Ghidorah, Mothra, and, uh, and all and all of the weirdos that we never even saw like uh, Behemoth or uh, that giant scorpion monster. Yeah, the ones you just see referenced on like a screen. Yeah, G give us an opportunity to see uh, what those things could do. Yeah, or let me play as a skull yeah, crawler. Why the... not? There are a lot of monsters still that uh, were hint like teased in earlier films in the MonsterVerse, but have not yet actually shown up. So if this move, so if uh, Godzilla versus Kong does well, and they have, we get the tournament uh, fighter of my dreams. Yeah, well, not only that, but we'd also get more movies, and there's still plenty of new, plenty more monsters that we haven't even seen yet that have been teased but not appeared in any of the films. So there's plenty of material to work with. Or only appeared for a few frames. Yeah. So what I am getting at, dear listener, is go see this movie. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it's on track to be a success no matter what we say, but... Yeah. No, what what we say on this podcast will make or break this, this uh, potentially <laughs> billion-dollar film. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to try and uh, box out a day to go see it in IMAX, so I'm going to give them my money. Yeah. I mean, shit, I might see it again. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had had the chance to see King of the Monsters in theaters more than once. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's an experience that, you know, you have, like, watching it on at home on a TV is, like, cool, but, you know, it's, it, you, you never really can replicate the theater experience. Yeah. But on that note, I think it's time for us to sign off for the night. My yep. name is Ness. And David. And this has been another Splatterpunk's Monster Cast. Thank you for listening, and good night. They did the mash. They did, did the, the monster, monster mash. mash. The monster mash. Monster mash. It, was it was a kaiju crazy. smash. Yeah. <laughs> good night. Thank you.